Thank you for joining the ESBC betting podcast, where the purpose of the podcast is to make me money. And man, did I outdo myself. Every single cast member of the podcast has made me money. Even the newest uh, cast members from The Ringer, Bill Simmons, Sarah Lynn Robinson, gave me the Kamala Harris VP pick. I won 100 bucks on that on her pick. And then Brianna Winner from the Winner Circle, she went 9-1 and one Major League Baseball, 3-0 and NBA. So she bought my wife Anna gasoline for the whole rest of the month. And then we have everybody on this podcast has made me a ton of money over the last four years. In the, we met on this Garden BR show four years ago, and each of these guys have given me a major streak. So it's always better to be lucky than good. Now, the, every single business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome. First purpose is to make me money. Second purpose is to make you money using business and financial concepts in order to bet on these games. The third purpose of the podcast is mental health, right? There's no other gambling or betting you can do where you're texting your buddies and you're having a good time. 52.5% is break even, we're at 70%. So the in-between is compound interest for, interest for us. That's why we've been able to monetize it. However, we're a little bit different than everybody else. We have a spirit of abundance versus having scarcity. So we share this information with you. And from a, you know, George Floyd social justice perspective, we eliminate uh, income inequality and financial literacy as we move along. So we will quickly introduce the Supreme Court of betting. And uh, there's already messages on, uh, on Periscope. Feel free to message us throughout the podcast. And um, then we'll start out with the Pope of the money line, Craig Mizrak. First, we'll introduce quick words, 30 seconds to a minute. <laughs> uh, Brandon first, the PhD of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I personally reviewed his dissertation and gave him his doctorate degree. Uh, he has an encyclopedic knowledge of the Philadelphia Eagles. Dr. First, thank you for putting your practice on hold and joining us tonight. Thank you. It's uh, good to be back. It's been a, it's been a long, strange offseason. I'm going back to triple zeros, quadruple zeros in the Super Bowl to where we are now. Who could have thought? Um, but we made it. Uh, we're about 24 hours away from the season beginning. Um, and look, opportunity to make money watching sports. That's what I'm all about. Big time. Big time. Then you have the 2016 Coach of the Year College Tennis Coach of the Year. Uh, he's made me a lot of money, giving me insight on the New Orleans Saints and their statue of a quarterback at this point, Drew Brees. Thank you, Coach Lupio, for being here. No, it's been a long off season, and um, I've always looked forward to our second season together, and I'm looking forward to having a full NFL season. So, um, welcome back, gentlemen. It's good to see your faces. And I'm ready to roll on this season right now. Just ready. Yeah, we made a lot of money year one, 64.5, which would have been fourth place in the Super Contest in Vegas. Uh, we're probably going to enter the half-season contest. 
I just got paranoid with uh, collecting a <laughs> million dollars in the middle of a pandemic, right? You never know. So, but half season, we'll look into it. Next, we're going to go to when uh, he, he had that interview with the legendary Hollywood legend, Tim Conway Jr. At the end of the interview, I got chills up going up my spine when uh, Tim Conway said, are you the, in a real deep voice, are you the Raider Jim? Raider Jim was just chilling. Yes, I am the Raider Jim. <laughs> the Raider Jim Martinez, man, legendary. Every Saturday, it seems like in Del, uh, Del Mar, he was nailing the daily double. And then last year, he made me a ton of money. Again, he got two months of gasoline for Anna with the Miami. He's like, in that voice again. Now I know that voice. He's like, ride Miami. Well, I don't want to listen, man. We rode Miami for like seven weeks, solely based on uh, Raider Jim Martin. Thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight. Oh, always a pleasure and always my honor to join you guys. I've known these guys now for four or five years, whatever it is. We met through a radio station, and Josh had the wherewithal to pull us all together last year when there was no radio station, and we've continued. We've started, and we're going to continue a tradition to make you guys money and have a lot of fun. And the best part about our podcast is we do not want your email address. If you no. don't want to give it up, we don't want a dime from you. We are just here to share our wealth of knowledge. And me, I'm kind of like the old guy that they like to have there because I can tell stories and things like that. These, I'm surrounded by some smart people, let me tell you. So when these gentlemen talk, pay attention. Yes, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, man. So I picked the guys who had this knowledge that, that I piggybacked on. I, when these guys spoke, I didn't have to research the game. I just went on what they said and very privileged and lucky to have them on here. And now we have... Uh, I'm the head of the Orange County Diversity Council, and we bestowed the Pope of the Money, the first Jewish Pope of the Money Line. Uh, he's actually, the, they're gonna crown a new Pope in uh, Italy right now. He's uh, about a million to one right now, but he is on the board to be the Pope of everybody. But the Vatican knows when they place their bets, they gotta go to one guy, one guy only, who, who just, all he knows how to do is, is make, us and me money, man. First he came out with the MLS, 80%. Now he's like 90% tennis. <laughs> now the Pope on the money line. Uh, thank you so much for, you know, being so gracious with your time and honoring us and blessing us with, uh, with your presence. Uh, last year he went into, immediately he went into the betting hall of fame when he picked, out of nowhere, he picks uh, Clingsbury and the high school quarterback they have. Win in Cincinnati at plus 250. And uh, we monetize that, man. The Pope of the Money Line, Craig Mizrak. Thank you so much. Uh, Josh, thank you. And genuinely, just sitting here, uh, it's, it's just, it's so nice to be back with all you gentlemen. Um, this is fun. COVID's, I think, taking a fun fun out of a lot of people's lives. <laughs> and I know the listeners' lives. And so, um, uh, you know, I would echo what Raider Jim said in the beginning. Hopefully you get some, uh, you make some money out of listening to us and you have a few laughs and we're here to just give you our education, uh, and our money making hopefully, um, for your benefit. So thank you guys. It's awesome to be here. Right. Right. And sports betting is really the only, uh, way you make money 
but you're, you're relational, right? You're competing um, and we're competing ourselves against the books and all kinds of people, but we got a long history of winning. And they say the difference between capitalism and communism is that uh, communists think that capitalists cannot collaborate, right? In, the, in this podcast, it's a hundred, we can put it in the Smithsonian, right? Library of Congress as an example, case study of people collaborating <laughs> to make money. To that end, we're going to go to Craig Miserac. And we got your Cincinnati Bengals at home, plus three giving numbers to Hard Knocks, Tyron Taylor, and your Chargers. What are your thoughts on that game, Craig? Sure. I know there's a lot of listeners that were Charger fans have disowned them like many of us. And I know there's many listeners that still have managed to wake up and look themselves in the mirror and stay a Charger fan. I've got a friend like that. He's going to come <laughs> over my house on Sunday and he's going to, he's going to meet Joe Burrow. Uh, this game is so exciting for me. Uh, a to see played in Cincinnati, but to see the Los Angeles tie rods, take the field for the first time and a it's going to be beautiful because the only reason I cared for the Chargers as many people did anymore was because Phil Rivers was playing for him right now when Tyrod walks on the field I think a lot of people's souls are going to wake up and be like who am I watching not to mention the fact in this game Mike Williams I do not believe is playing one less weapon for Tyrod Taylor to utilize. And to think, if I'm not wrong, the last time Tyrod Taylor had a starting quarterback job, he lost it to Baker Mayfield. And look what happened. Um, Tyrod is extremely limited. He can still use his legs. But without Mike Williams on the field, he's going to have Keenan Allen. I, I think if there's one big asset of this Cincinnati's defense this year, which is much more, first of all, they recovered the last eight games of last season. A lot of people think their worst defense in the NFL, definitely the first eight games, but they tightened up at the end. They learned how to play better together. And really all they did was go on the free agent market, sign Von Bell, going to be starting safety with their captain, Sean Williams, um, who also plays kind of a nickelback um, as well as um, a, a safety as well. But Jesse Bates, who was their second round dra draft choice last year, started the, the Bengals are really solid at the back end of the secondary. They've had some injuries at cornerback in the preseason, so they're a little vulnerable there. But if you're going to be vulnerable on defense somewhere against Tyrod, I'd rather be at the cornerback position than up the gut. And I do. And the defensive line from Cincinnati is really staunch. They signed DJ Reader in the offseason, four years, $52 million, arguably the best nose tackle on the market, to go next to Geno Atkins, who's never had – somebody to plug up the middle next to him, and they totally restock their linebacking core. So I think that's the key to the game is because if Cincinnati's defense can stop the run, you don't need me to tell you the toys that Joe Mixon or that Joe Burrow has at his disposal. I don't care if he's a rookie quarterback, uh, first-round draft choice starting his first game, and the record for those quarterbacks does not look pretty in the NFL. It's a home game. There's no fans yelling. Right. He's – He's got a strength in a, in a retooled Cincinnati defense. A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, who had 1,000 yards the last two years. John Ross is healthy. And, oh, by the way, T. Higgins. T. Higgins, the best receiver on the national championship team, Clemson. He may not even see the field much, which is a great asset to have. 
their line is still suspect. They've they're they've been playing together now though for at least half a season. I do think Bosa and Ingram are going to have a modest field day, especially on the right side of the line. But that's why Zach Taylor is going to protect Joe Burrow. They're going to use Mixon a lot early, a lot of, and then to build the play action for some deep balls with AJ Green and Ross. I definitely think at home, first week of the season, where dogs generally can rue the day, right. you take those three points in a New York minute right. at home. And look, it's not just because I'm the Pope of the money line. It's not just because I'm from Cincinnati. But you're getting 150 in a home game against the Ty- Los Angeles Tyrod Taylors. Woo! Um, you can put me down for the money line. The over under is 42 and a half. The over under is 42 and a half. It's a really tough money line. I would err on the side of it going under um, because. Maybe Joe Burrow does throw seven touchdowns. I don't know. But um, I do think the Chargers offense is going to be a little limited unless they gouge their cornerbacks, which I don't see that happening with their strong safety play and the pass rush up front. So money line Bengals under. Sorry that was a little long, but I'm excited. (laughs) You came out strong. You came out firing. We expected no less. We expected no less from him. Now, he knows me. I'm fundamental analysis, conservative. Take a conservative approach. So I'm going to go plus four. Your Cincinnati Bengals. Plus four. I'm going to buy that point. I'm going under. What I saw in Hard Knocks was a bunch of afraid, fear in their eyes, snowflakes on the Chargers. They're going to be afraid traveling. They're going to get COVID-19. They're going to go across the country. And I agree with, uh, with Craig Misery. If there wasn't maintaining discipline in my investments, I would go with the money line, right? But it might be too early for me. But, yeah, uh, yeah. There's, there's two, right? So there's two Cincinnati Bengals, and there's two under 43 by the half point. Raider Jim, what do you think? Yeah, actually, because this is one of the games that I have down for my AFC West recap, and uh, Craig, fan, phenomenal job. That's pretty much the breakdown I see when I look at this game. There's a lot of stuff that uh, is just not in the Chargers' favor this year, and I've got Cincinnati plus four and also under on the money line. Nice. So that's three Cincinnati's and the under, 2016 coach of the year. Craig, yeah, Cincinnati plus three. I saw under 49, but Craig's going with under 42. I see under 42 on my bookie. I also – so I'm sticking with the under, and I do like that money line number actually. Once I saw it, so Cincy plus three, plus one fifty on the money line, and under forty-two. We got two on the money line, so we get three people on the money line. Then the consensus would be a money line pick Cincinnati. What do you think, Doctor? I will be uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, and let me just tell you reasons why. No <laughs> less. I think this is going to be um, the toughest. These couple weeks are going to be the toughest for Joe Burrow. I don't think there's any um, quarterback that's come into the league. I mean, obviously ones that have been hurt in the, pre- but I mean, no preseason for a a brand new rookie quarterback. I I, I love Joe Burrow, not nearly as much as uh, the Pope does, but I I think it's going to take a couple games. Uh, for them to get themselves under their uh, their legs underneath them. I also think one of the biggest weapons for Tyrod Taylor, kind of 
somebody that makes a quarterback look a little better than is Austin Eckler. Uh, Austin Eckler is a guy who can uh, make you or, you know, turn a, a two yard pass into a 45 yard pass. And in the box score, that's a 45 yard bomb folks. So those are things, little things. I also look at the defense for the chargers. They don't have any Derwin James, but that is the strength. They're going to play to that strength. Um, I, I, I'm going to bet, uh, go the other way with, uh, I won't now cause the consensus is with Cincinnati, but for me, I w- I would have liked the chargers minus two and a half. Um, it's, it's just a situation, um, that I think the first couple games for Joe Burrow are going to be tough just because he really hasn't seen another defense other than his own. Um, I really do think Joe Burrow's going to be a rookie of the year candidate and he's probably going to be in Cincinnati for a very long time. But, I mean, we're literally talking about game one, breaking down a defense, and you're expected to win. Um, not every rookie has that, and the ones that have had that, not always successful right away. But the consensus is uh, Cincinnati plus three and a half. If you want to go the money line, two of our guys, including uh, the Pope, does it. So we could, you could go three ways on that. But we all uh, – four to one on the under. Um, so we were in – agreement on the under as well so Cincinnati plus three and a half is the consensus the money line is also there um, but the under is a consensus as well yeah no and Joe Burrow's crazy right at this point last year they were teaching him how to get on LinkedIn and teaching him how to sell life insurance because <laughs> he probably wasn't going to even be drafted and now he's the first round draft pick in the NFL and we all know that those defenses in the SEC were paid more than what the Bengals defense is getting paid right Right, Craig? <laughs> now we're going to go to Raider Jim, and he's going to give us uh, the AFC West uh, breakdown. Real quick, breakdown on the AFC West week one. And, and that's COVID, it for Craig like Mizrak. Thank you for joining us, bestowing us. I'll post Blessing. my picks the on bu- the Google Money line is blessed. I'll post my picks on the Google sheet. Thank you, everyone. I'll be on the whole time next week. Good nice. luck. Be safe out there. Have, have a safe night, man. All right. The Pope and the Money Line, Craig Mitzray. He will be back next week. Raider Jim. Thank you. So the AFC West breakdown. Everybody knows it's not news. COVID-19 has screwed up the entire year for everything in all sports. For football, one of the things it did was a lot of players were given the opportunity to opt out. Now in the AFC West, there was just a handful. As of the August deadline, I have one, two, three, four, five, Six players that opted out, a couple on Denver, one on Kansas City, three on the Raiders, but nothing, no impact players. As far as the power rankings go, the Chiefs, no surprise, were the top of the NFL power rankings. They are number one. They had no impacting roster changes in the offseason. They've got high expectations for their first-round pick, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. 5'7", just over 200 pounds, and if he can stay healthy – he's going to add a real dimension to that offense that's already dangerous. That's just what they needed is one more thing to make them unbeatable. Uh, Are they going to repeat and win the Super Bowl? Probably not, but they got the best chance of anybody else. And everybody who's an expert in uh, forecasting odds for the NFL season, the only consistency you're going to see out there and in the AFC West when you talk about it is everybody's pretty sure Kansas City is going to finish at the top of the AFC West. After that, you get a real mixed bag. You got the Denver Broncos coming in second in a lot of polls. 
You see the Raiders get on second on some people's picks. You even see the Chargers tied for second and third. The Broncos actually are coming in in the number 15 spot overall. Drew Locke got his chance last year, and he made an impact. He got people's attention. Now, is he going to come back and do it again? I think he is. I think he's making the defense, or excuse me, the offense much, much better. Jerry Jude out of Alabama, uh, the number one pick, is going to be starting as a, one of his wide receivers. Great speed, great hands. Definitely, again, an impact player for the Broncos right out of the gate. And on the defense, they really beefed it up. They picked, or excuse me, let me go back one more. Their third round draft pick on offense, Lloyd Cushenberry out of LSU, is going to be coming in starting as a rookie at the center position, the anchor position of the offensive line. Big shoes to fill, big shoulders, but I've watched this kid play and he is good. And so Drew Locke got it made having that young man in front of him. And as long as he can play focused, as long as he can play disciplined, he's going to have a long, successful Rodney Hudson-like career in the NFL. The defense, two good moves in the offseason, which are going to pay off. They got A.J. Bowie coming in from Jacksonville Jaguars. They also have uh, all-time, let's see, five-time Pro Bowl defensive lineman Jarrell Casey. And that defensive line now is going to be dangerous. They were already playing okay. They're going to play much better this year. So the Broncos, seeing them at number two, I think they're going to be fighting it out with the Raiders. Uh, they're going to be playing in week one, Tennessee. And my pick on that game is Denver plus three and over 41. That was the money line I had seen. So Denver plus three over 41. We go to the Chargers. And again, uh, they're going to have a brand new stadium when they start at home. And it's really a shame that it's not going to be Philip Rivers leading them out of the tunnel and getting everybody fired up. But there's not going to be Philip Rivers, Melvin Gordon, no Derwin James. Maybe no fans in the stands when they finally get to home is going to be a blessing in disguise because their last two years of home games was in a soccer stadium. And most of the crowd was filled with the other team's fans. So it could be a blessing that they don't have any fans in the stadium this time around. But there's too many questions on the offensive side of the ball. Tyrod Taylor, fourth team that he's going to be quarterbacking in his nine years in the league. They're not going to let the rookie out of Oregon play this year. If they do, it's because things are just, the wheels are falling off the wagon. And that could be the best thing they do is let him learn. Sit back, hold the clipboard and, clipboard and learn. He probably is the future of the offense for the Chargers, but not this year. But there's just too many questions out there on offense for them to really make an impact in the AFC West. I think it's going to be a very disappointing season for the Chargers. And I am putting, you know, all Raider affiliation aside when I say that, because if they're good, they're good. And when they beat you, they beat you. But I don't think that's going to be the case with the Chargers this year. Again, as we already talked about, they're going to be in Cincinnati on the road to open up the season. It's going to be Cincinnati plus four, and the, uh, the Chargers are going to be playing catch-up from the get-go. And then number 23, and in some, they came in number 23 in the overall power rankings, the Las Vegas Raiders. And to, uh, to my boys out here that I do this with every week, I've got a personal commitment from myself. Every time I refer to them as the Oakland Raiders, I'm going to donate $25 to charity. Oh. So, uh, so far, so good. I'm safe on that. 
Uh, a lot of the uh, members of the Raider Nation are insulted that we're coming in at 23 in the power rankings. I'm fine with it because when you set the bar low, it's easy to clear it and make an impact on everybody. They're going to go to Las Vegas. The press has had its field day with Derek Carr and John Gruden over the last couple of years. Everybody, you know, all the prognosticators, uh, he's done. When is Gruden going to bench him? When are they going to cut their ties with uh, Derek Carr? Not the case. That's all fake news. It was never going to happen, and it's not going to happen. But now it's up to Derek Carr. He went from 51 sacks two years ago to 29 last year. He has got the most dynamic and powerful offensive line in front of him again, led by that all-star Rodney Hudson at the center. On the left side, he's got Incognito and Colton Miller. Uh, and Incognito is treating him like his favorite nephew, and he has taught the young man well. And on the other side of that line, you've got Gabe Jackson and the big man Trent Brown. He only got sacked 29 times last year. They almost cut that in half, and he's going to be even more protected now. And they're going to open up holes for Josh Jacobs, who's going to have a dynamite year, his second year in the league. Targets, the, the one you got to talk about is their number one off uh, pick from the draft, Henry Ruggs III. He's not a big receiver, but he's dangerously quick. And with the veteran Hunter Renfro out there and tight end Darren Waller, Carr's got some targets, and that's going to make every – he's going to open up the field for everybody, which, of course, then leads to opening the running game on that defensive side of the ball. The Raiders made some improvements, but that's been their Achilles heel the last few years. They really have to step it up. I'll have more about the Raiders next week. They're playing Carolina on the road to start their season, but I'm taking the Raiders minus three, as are a lot of people, and, but I'm going to go under 48 on this one. And I didn't give you a pick on that first game. It's the Chiefs opening up tomorrow night against Houston at home. I've got the Chiefs covering the minus nine, but it's going to go under 55. I think they're going to take their foot off the gas, and they're not going to be out there tomorrow with no preseason games under their belt trying to overly impress anybody. And that's the AFC West. Nice, nice. Uh, we'll, we'll go with those games in order. I'm going to agree. I am going to bet against uh, all the uh, analytics team because analytics does not work in football. And Urban Meyer's been listening to me on the podcast, and now he's picking back on my comments. The analytics does not work in, in football. If somebody knows football, it's Urban Meyer. Last time I did this was on the advice of somebody that works in the analytics department for the St. Louis Cardinals. They told me they would not take an NFL client because it works in baseball, because in finance, we teach business and financial concepts in order to bet games. When you eliminate variables and cold variables, it ensures a result. There's just too many variables in football for analytics to work. In Carolina, Matt Rule, I like him as a guy, but he's going 100% all analytics, taking $5 million a year from David Tedder, uh, Tedder's money. He is a hedge fund manager. And he had $3 billion. He took $2 billion of it and plunked it in the Carolina Panthers, saved a billion, and retired. But very interesting. Uh, I love the fans because the fans have been teaching me a lot, right? One of the great things you, you learn to make money in betting is that when you realize that you only have 80% as your top, that you can be sure of anything. That means that you don't know everything and that you got room to learn. And a fan sent me that David Tepper's percentage 
as a hedge fund manager, right? Making 20% on the billions was 59% <laughs> was his winning percentage in picking stocks for his hedge fund, David Tepper. So he's bringing all that in to football. And in my opinion, it's not going to work. So I'm going to bet against him every time. See, our opinions are different than everybody else because if we're wrong, we lose money. But I'm going to go with Raider Jim and your Raiders uh, minus – it depends. If people start betting in Carolina, I'm going to go uh, Moneyline Raiders. And, you know, that way a last-second field goal uh, wins me money. And I'm definitely going under. Uh, I've seen a lot of John Gruden when I was in Tampa. He likes to protect that defense, especially early in the season. So he's not, he doesn't want to blow anybody out. He wants to protect that defense, keep them fresh. And that's the way he thinks as well. He wants to establish that running game. He's old school. His dad uh, was a scout for Al Davis. And then he was a scout for John McKay and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in the day, old USC coach. So believe me, running is in his DNA to keep this game under. So I got uh, 100% agreement with Raider Jim. What do you think, doctor? Uh, I agree. Uh, Raiders minus three, uh, keep it under. Carolina is going to be very similar, I think, to last year's Dolphins. Um, if they do get good, it's going to be at the end of the year, maybe win three out of four at the end of the year, but they're not good right now. Um, their main goal is get the number one overall pick and keep Trevor Lawrence in the Carolinas. So that's their number one goal. Uh, Raiders minus three and the under for sure. Yeah, and, and uh, last stock guys uh, tank big time, right? They got about seventy uh, sixers. So when a hedge fund buys a team, they usually tank to try to get high draft picks. So that could be some interesting insight. And plus, uh, Trevor Lawrence is from that area, so you're talking business guys too. So you're talking about marketing. <laughs> uh, Trevor Lawrence will sell a lot of season tickets in Carolina. What do you think, uh, Coach? I think it's a consensus. Uh, Raiders minus three under forty seven and a half. Yeah, and whenever you're 100% on something, I always tell the audience, double down on it. You never bet more than 25% of your pickroll. But when you got guys who had the record last year that would have won $160,000 last year in the circuit contest, and we're all saying to do something, I would do it. Double down. And then the next game Jim picked was your Thursday night game, your Miami Dolphins. Kansas City, Houston. Oh, Kansas City, Houston. All right. So you got uh, double-digit dogs in the division, right? One, one reason we know the doctor is very intelligent is because he has the traits of the people that make the most money in betting. And those are cynical contrarians. So when I was saying double-digit dogs in the division last year, uh, Dr. First went against it. He's like, no, 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 no. Then he saw that winning and Dr. First – has a capacity that only 5% of people have, right? And that's the theme of the podcast. Only 5% of people can change, can admit they're wrong and change. Uh, Dr. First admitted he was wrong, and the double-digit dogs do cover 80% of the time. And it's funny, the only double-digit dogs in the division that did not cover was uh, games in which Bill Belichick and Andy Reid were involved last year. <laughs> so I'm going to go uh, return to the mean, and I'm going to dial up. Uh, maybe it's a game I should not pick because I have emotional ties to Deshaun Watson, my coach, Jeff Scott at USF. 
recruited Deshaun Johnson and recruited DeAndre Hopkins. Now he's the head coach of the USF Bulls over there, alumni. So I'm kind of biased towards Deshaun Jackson. So I'll withhold judgment. But I'm thinking uh, Deshaun J- uh, Watson uh, plus 10. I'm going to buy that point so I can get my double-digit dog in the division and Andy Reid doesn't cover for the first time in a while as a uh, double-digit favorite, favorite guy. But this is not a division game, right? This is a revenge game oh. from last year uh, with – uh, O'Brien. So I think they're gonna have some special plays in here. First game of the season. Not everybody's hurt. Even though the Texans are probably gonna have a bad year long term, I think they're gonna cover the, the 10 points. But I could be talked out of it. But I'm definitely going under. That's just too many points. First game of the season. I agree. What do you think, uh, coach of the year? So I agree with the under, um, especially at 54. Early, uh, early season, uh, first game of the year. Um, Raider Jim mentioned uh, the Chiefs, they'll score enough, but then they'll hold off. Um, so I'm going to go definitely with the under 45 or 54, sorry. Um, but I actually am going to go with the Chiefs at minus nine and a half. Reason being, I think it's a sinking ship in Houston other than Deshaun Watson. DeAndre Hopkins is no longer there, a threat. Um, there is no pressure on that Chiefs secondary. And that front line is, is tank tough as is. Um, the running back they drafted at LSU, Hilaire, is phenomenal. But let's not forget about San Diego's own Damian Williams, who was in the backfield last year uh, in the Super Bowl. And he was quite uh, influence on that game as well. So I am going to go with the defending champs here, minus nine and a half, sticking with the under 54. Yeah, I am. Um... This is a tough one um, because, you know, look, nine points, nine and a half points, ten points, if you want to look at it, it's a lot of points early on in the season. But I just look at the Kansas City offense. Um, take your pick. Uh, I mean, we, th- this can change really quickly. The defense for Kansas City does concern me. Um, it, it, it's going to be tough against Houston, but I think the Texans, like uh, Coach Lupian alluded to, sinking ship. Everyone's going to be looking at Will Fuller to pretty much uh, carry that wide receiver core. Well, guess what? If we're all looking at him, guess who else is looking at him? Defensive coordinators think he's going to get a lot of double coverage. He's going to really uh, – if he took DeAndre Hopkins for granted, he's really going to um, when he sees all these double and triple coverages. Um, this early on, I think uh, Kansas City, they do just enough to where you just tell Patrick Mahomes, hey, go and make a play. And he goes and makes a play. He has the weapons. Um, and – I think he is, uh, and this is also a coaching mismatch. Let's let's not forget that. I I, I feel like Andy Reid, um, at least in what September, is someone uh, that you can count on. Um, I would like to. I know it's nine and a half. I'm going to bet the point down to get to nine. A bit of a magic number in um, uh, football. Uh, you know, missed extra point here, or I don't know, a safety somehow, just to keep yourself there. Um, but I I like Kansas City to cover. Yeah, and we're going to make it three to nothing. I'm going to take myself out of it because I am definitely biased, right? I almost had a tear in my eye listening to Davos Sweeney and Deshaun uh, Watson uh, interview each other on Zoom. And he's telling, you know, Deshaun Watson is paying the rent for 10,000 people facing eviction. <laughs> but definitely I shouldn't bet this game because I'm biased towards Deshaun Watson and the great work he's doing and the whole – Dabble, Sweeney, Jeff Scott. Those are a bunch of good guys. 
So I'm going to go with you guys, and we're going to go Supreme Court decision with uh, Josh recusing himself because of conflict of interest. I'm recruiting, recruiting myself from having an opinion on this game, and we're going to go three to nothing with your Kansas City Chiefs minus nine, under fifty-five. Definitely the under. Definitely the under. Everybody's got under. Now we're going to go to Raider Jim and the Miami Dolphins plus six against New England at New England against the Evil Empire. And we got to do Miami Raider Jim first because he made me so much money last year when Miami went on that seven. They, I don't think they won the game, but they covered seven weeks in a row. And we right. they, Miami they, covered. they did. <laughs> yeah, and I think Brady or no Brady this year, it's going to be a real simple, uh, you know, it's just not going to matter because the Dolphins are still the Dolphins. Right. So there's not going to be any magic this time around. And I think it's going to be, uh, I think, Patriots still cover. And what's the over-under on this one? 43 and uh, a half. 43 and a half. And over. Over. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, New England in the under. Uh, Belichick lost this game last year. And that, even with COVID, right? Belichick was inside watching this film over and over and over again. And uh, if Tua's starting or whatever, it doesn't matter. He's going to shut down uh, Miami because that's just the way he is. He, he's married to the game of football, he said. He got his financial advisor. He set up his great-grandkids. He divorced his wife because he was neglecting her and told his girlfriend, his girlfriend, independently wealthy woman who divorced the billionaire, hey, um, I just want to hang out with you during the offseason a few times. And she's like, okay. And she's really a companion for him. So this man is married, in his own words, to the game of football, like Chip Kelly. So believe me, he knows every single thing there is to know about the Miami Dolphins. So I'm going to take minus six, and it's going to be under 43. Because even though he lost a lot of guys in the offseason on defense, uh, Belichick's a defensive guy, and he's breaking in Newton. And Newton's only going to have plays for the last uh, quarter of the season and into the playoffs. Right now, he's going to be like Tyron Taylor. The main guy isn't open. He's going to take off. But he's going to run that football behind that monster who was pancaking people last year, uh, that tackle out of Georgia. So they're going to run right behind that guy. They're going to keep this game under, but they're going to cover the six points. They're going to win, I would say, 17 to nothing. New England Patriots over your Miami Dolphins. What do you think, doctor? Uh, you know, I'm, I like Miami in this situation. I think, I think New England's um, – a, a wounded animal right now, or at least an animal that lost a paw or something. I mean, losing Tom Brady, that's, that's big. And now for Josh McDaniels and the game plan that he put together, you can throw whatever you want at Tom Brady. And not only will he understand it and comprehend it, but he'll probably add on to it. Now take that and think about Cam Newton. Uh, pretty much the exact opposite. I think he's going to have to simplify this offense. I think Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins all offseason, uh, this is that they want to come out, and I'm not calling for a money line, but I, I definitely think that they're going to cover. Um, I believe this is a game that the Dolphins have targeted. I think that, like I said, this is whether they're a wounded animal or not, 
Um, the predator in this situation, which is the dolphins, I believe thinks it's a wounded animal. Um, and with, like I said, with Cam Newton, I think it's going to take a couple weeks, A, for them to just get the right game plan for him. And I understand, yeah, you can get ready to, you know, you can run um, like that. But if you don't start beating people through the passing game, they'll just spy you with two linebackers and play single coverage everywhere else. And Cam Newton's going to have to force to make a play. Uh, I like my chances with Brian Floros and uh, what I saw last year from Miami. Um, so I'm going to go Miami plus six and a half um, by the half point once again over that little magic number of six. Um, but I do like the under. I think um, I, it's, there's a lot of unders this week. A lot of it's going to be um, A, vanilla offenses because they don't want to show, and B, not really um, being able to put your offense out into a real life scenario, even if it is only preseason. So uh, I'll take the under. Yeah, and I disagree about Cam Newton. Uh, last year, the reports was that he had that nerve, North Turner offense down cold. And when he was at University of Florida, he was a 4.0 student. He took trigonometry in um, high school, and he was taking a high-level math at Florida. So it was perplexing when he started stealing laptops, and he ended up at Auburn. So I think he can handle the offense, but I don't think they're going to put a lot in now. They'll put it in for later, but they'll have enough, enough to win. So actually, Cam Newton is a pretty smart guy. Uh, what do you think, Raider Jones? Uh, where your gym's already gone, right? Where your gym? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, ready to go. Let's go to uh, Coach of the Year. Okay, so I hear a lot of vanilla talk in what's going on right now, and I think the one thing that um, dissipates vanilla is athleticism. I totally understood what was going on with Miami last year. I totally loved what they did for Coach Flores last year. However, um, just like Miami's been eyeing the Patriots, I think every team uh, this week has been eyeing that opponent they're all facing, including right. the Patriots. Um, but the difference I like about the Patriots is their running back game, for one. So I'm going to choose the under. Because they could go running back offense, and, and I'm, I have no faith in a Miami offense to really put up numbers, uh, overwhelming numbers. So I'm going to stick with the under. But when it comes to vanilla offenses and it comes to base defenses, um, and, and, and still, it's kind of an unknown what Cam Newton we're going to get. But when you have a guy with that kind of athleticism, you have a guy that MVP – then right. right, exactly. I, I go with the talent and the athleticism. So I do think six and a half is a reasonable amount for the Patriots to cover, and I'm sticking with the under, 50, 43 and a half. So I'm going Patriots minus six and a half, sticking with the under 43 and a half. Okay, so we all agree on the under. Uh, we are deadlocked in the side. So what we do is when once we get the info from no it's three one it's three one it's three one three one is it three one who did Raider Jim Raider Jim picked the Patriots right yep I was the only yeah but I took over yeah okay so it's three to one to the under yep and three to one New England and three to one New England so coach. 2016, you're picking. Okay, 3-1 New England. Okay, cool. You got it. Yeah. So 3-1 New, New England. 
and then three to one to the under. Under, correct. Cool. So that is your consensus, GFSN pick. We move on to the East, AFC East, New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. Bills at home, uh, minus six and a half. Over under is 39.5. Doctor, what are your thoughts on this game? I'm sorry about that. Um, we are looking at Baltimore and Cleveland. We are looking at Buffalo. Yes, Buffalo yeah, and the Jets. Home. Yes. Um, you know, for me, this one's pretty straightforward. I think Buffalo, um, I think that they're the best team in that division. Uh, I think they're easily going to cover the six points over a Jets team that, look, I've seen Sam Darnold year in to year out and how he's progressed or lack thereof. I personally don't think he's going to uh, progress to a NFL caliber level. Uh, and this year they're going to pay the price for it. So give me Buffalo minus six. Uh, I know it's 39 and a half. That's a really low number. I'm still going to take the under. This has like a 13 to six or 14 to 10 game written all over it. And um, it, if you do watch this game, um, I expect a very hard hitting game. Um, and, and for me, Sean McDermott is somebody that he thrives in games like that. And I think he thrives in situations, especially now the AFC East for the first time in what, 15, 20 years, for the most part is up for grabs. Um, and that might just be an extra little perk to these guys. The Jets might, you know, be perked up as well, but then they look in the mirror and remember they're the Jets. So give me Buffalo minus six and the under. I think you're right when you said 14-10. So I'm going to go 14-10. Buffalo's going to win the game, but the Jets are going to cover and it's going to go under. What do you think, uh, Coach of the Year 2016? You know what? I, I, I think um, this Bills team has a stamp to press down on that AFC East. I think um, with the signing of Diggs out of uh, Minnesota, they're going to put him on display. And I could totally see them – Covering the minus six and a half, that is a really no low 39 and a half. When I saw it initially, it was 37. So I picked the over at 37. Uh, 39 and a half is two points, but you know what? Like, I don't believe in Sam Darnold nor that Jets offense enough to put up numbers. Um, I don't believe a West Coast quarterback can suffice in the AFC East, especially in the the North. So I don't – I love Sam Darnold at SC. I just haven't seen enough as a, uh, from him as a Jet. We all know from last season I was on the Bills quarterback jock all season. I thought he was amazing, got his team to a wild card. And um, they've added around them, which is exciting. So I'm going with the Bills to cover that minus six and a half. I've actually been convinced enough to take the under 39 and a half. It was 37. I probably would take the over. But 39 and a half, I'll take the under on that. Now, you bring up a good point, right? Uh, because we do betting education, especially on the Tuesday podcast that I put financial betting on it. Because you're competing not only against – uh, the house, right? You're competing to get the best price. So the earlier you bet, sometimes the better price you get. 
Sometimes the later you bet. So when he saw that at 37, he could have gone over. And then once it goes to 40 by the half a point and then go under, and he wins both sides of that bet. Okay. So that, that's part of the fun here. Raider Jim, what are your thoughts on that game? I think this is the Bills division to lose this year. I don't think the Patriots are going to be as bad as everybody is thinking because they lost Tom Brady, but it is set up now for the Bills to take over the reins of the East. They're going to cover six and a half. I had originally picked that they would go over. I had 39 and a half, and I don't know how I got over 40 on the spreadsheet I made for myself, but I also just looked at the weather report, and it's going to be pouring rain in Buffalo. Right. So that being said, I'm going to go under the 39 for sure. Yeah. And I just want to clarify so I don't sound like a total dumbass. Um, I, I would mean 17 to 10. Obviously, 14 to 10 doesn't cover it for me. I, I just kind of threw out. <laughs> I was more speaking like a low number. Like, because Josh, you did bring it up. You're like, I like 14 to 10, but I like him to cover. And it realized I was like, oh, wait, I kind of just contradicted myself. But uh, I was making a point of uh, it's going to be, you know, Jets getting around 10 points and the Bills will get seven more points than that. Uh, Matt's a little raw today, but uh, maybe I'll ask Cam Newton for some uh, trigonometry lessons. That would be a good idea. Guess he, he does give out uh, free tutoring in the hood. But it, that was the perplexing thing about him. He's such a smart guy. And then he starts stealing laptops. And then he takes 100 grand to play for Auburn and Gus Monsalf and Gene Sizzik. That's some really good motivational stuff. And they go win a national championship. And he gets to a Super Bowl. So that is the life of Cam Newton. That's why I'm actually the contrarian on this one. I think the Patriots, uh, listening to Will Muschamp, who's a Belichick guy, uh, the most organized organizations are going to do the best in the pandemic. And that is your evil empire, the New England Patriots. So we're going to go to the NFC South, the Dirty South, 2016 Coach of the Year. And I'm going to go uh, your Atlanta Falcons plus three. I'm going to buy that point, and I'm going to go under 49. What do you think, 2016 Coach of the Year? We're talking about the Falcons right now? The Atlanta Falcons and my man, anger, control issues, and lack of networking skills got him out of a head coaching position. But when you talk about X's and O's, he's a genius. And when he took over that defense last year for those Atlanta Falcons, all they did was win, especially on the road against the uh, Super Bowl losers, 49ers. So what are your thoughts on them? Well, you know, uh, coach? they're facing a Seattle Seahawks team that uh, we spoke about last week. And I think the consensus was that that's the team of the, to beat in the NFC West. Um, going out to Atlanta, um, Atlanta really hasn't done much to improve uh, what they have. Let's talk about what they have. They have a strong offense. Uh, Matt Ryan's back there gunslinging to uh, Julio Jones and to um, Calvin Ridley. Um, but then what do you have on defense? They, they picked up some guys that have really underperformed for their draft stock. But then you've got a Seattle team that, you know, when you got Russell Wilson, top three quarterback in the league, I see the number at minus two, over 49. Like, hey, you know what? That's kind of – that's a really juicy number for me. I, I think Seattle's going to cover the minus two um, just because I'm not sure what the, the Falcons' defense is going to look like. 
Um, and then the over 49, you know what? Because Atlanta could score, uh, Seattle has always been that team that could score as well. And then if it comes down to the end, Russell Wilson's going to put them in a position to, if it's tied, kick that game-winning field goal or go up four points uh, on a touchdown. So, or three points uh, without the extra point. So minus two, I'm going to go with Seattle and I'll go over the 49. Indoor, no weather issues, fast field, and um, no fans to, to uh, pick up an Atlanta team that really needs fans, uh, that fan energy to uh, come over the top. So Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to ask all for you guys some questions because I think it's really relevant going through these games. Um, a, I saw Rocky Morris take a really bad Tampa Bay defense with no players, win 10 games. Uh, you give him a whole summer to study a team. Uh, he's a dangerous guy. So that he's made me a lot of money. But what do you guys, would you guys, if you guys went traveling, would you guys be paranoid? I know with NFL players being so even, any little edge can switch things around. What do you guys think? Well, what's the edge without fans? Well, what about traveling? Would you be paranoid traveling? I think Pete Carroll's been at this long enough to know how his teams need to uh, acclimate. He would calm them down. Hey, I mean, something, take some Xanax. You know what? I know I'll be, I would be taking Xanax, right? Not even Pete Carroll, but as a head coach, you better know how to, to know how to travel and get your, your teams acclimated. And, and again, this is game one of the season. So it's not like they don't know what they're going into. Right. They're going into a neutral dome where it plays advantageous to speed. And they're taking a charter flight and hopefully recirculated air. There's a ventilator in that plane, hopefully, where the air isn't circulating around, getting everybody sick. Well, from what I heard and what I read, uh, there, um, airlines are supposed to recirculate the air right every so many minutes so you know that's not something i thought about going into my pick i'm just going with who i think has the best talent um and russell wilson as a top three quarterback and uh and and a neutral home field which isn't gonna benefit atlanta you know so it kind of neutralizes everything so minus two is a, a low number as is go with it and we're talking about an NFC West, you know, title contender versus a Atlanta that's not mentioned as a as a NFC South contender at all. So, right, I think Atlanta is going to get because remember the NFL refs are paid by the NFL, so they're going to get that whistle for social justice. What do you think, Randy? No, I think uh, I think Pete Carroll is going to have these guys dialed in. You got to remember their training facility for the Seahawks is in Renton, Washington. So they were in Washington State when all hell was breaking loose up there. They have been surrounded by the worst of the worst, from social issues to the health issues, the COVID scares, and they have persevered. Why? Because like every other guy that says no, we need to keep playing football, these guys want to play. So I think it's going to be refreshing for them to get on a charter flight, travel halfway across the United States, as uh, Coach Lupian was saying, get into a stadium where there's no fans screaming and yelling. And I think the Seahawks are definitely going to cover the two. And But I do think they're going to go under 49 because 
game one, again, all these no preseason schedule at all, I really think a lot of the offenses are just going to take their foot off the gas if they know they've got a game under control. Right. And we got that actually from Coach Sheely from Houston Baptist Football. You know, and, said, and, uh, you got to keep some things in your back pocket. You know, in that regard, too, let's not underestimate the running game and the running philosophy um, Coach Carroll holds. Um, they have uh, – when their running backs are healthy, there's a, it's a three-headed monster. And Coach Carroll is old school. He's going to run it when they have the lead. So, yeah, I'll, I'll stay with the under now. Thank you, Raider Jim. Under 49. Yeah, we, got three, we got three unders, and we got uh, two – Seattle, and you got one Atlanta. What do you think, Doctor? First, uh, you know, I'm I'm actually surprised. I think this two is a very low number. Um, look, I know it's in Atlanta and all that stuff. Personally, I don't think the travel is that big of a deal. Uh, I know you talked about paranoia of getting COVID. I mean, these are guys that if you step on the field and one bad play, you're paralyzed or dead. Um, so a disease um, that, you know, for the most part, I think most athletes aren't outwardly, or at least outwardly, they seem concerned, but I guarantee you people are, you know, a lot of these athletes internally really don't care. Maybe they'll put on a show for, you know, people, but a lot of them already feel invincible. So this, this disease um, already, or virus, whatever you want to call it, but the main thing for Seattle is Russell Wilson being able to do his thing in a situation there's, there's no fans. Um, you, you've had an opportunity. And the reason I'm actually going to go over is because I think Atlanta's offense is going to push Seattle's offense to have to keep rolling because, you know, I look at Matt Ryan and I look at the, the, the weapons he has. I mean, he's got uh, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. That may be the best one-two punch. Um, so like I said, I really think the offense of Atlanta is going to keep the game um, kind of pushing forward. I do think a lot of teams are going to take their foot off the gas, but um, Atlanta is not going to be one of them because they're going to try to turn this into a, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 a sprint and try and shoot, uh, win this shootout. Um, and one thing, though, for Atlanta is Atlanta has to look at this as a measuring stick game. I think Seattle, for me, is the second best team in the NFC, uh, behind, of course, the Saints. So for them, they have to look at it like, hey, if we can compete with this team, we got two chances to who knows maybe do something against the Saints. So we'll see how the Falcons do go about it. Um, but for me, uh, minus two and give me the over, um, but the consensus is under, but uh, Seattle minus two is also the consensus. All right, cool. And uh, I like the Atlanta coaching staff of Dirk Cutter and Raheem Morris, two former head coaches as coordinators for Dan Quinn who was who won a Super Bowl with Pete Carroll in Seattle. So he knows Seattle up up and down. And Atlanta covered against the Falcons last time they played in Atlanta last year. Or in yeah, in Atlanta last year. So the consensus pick is Seattle on the road in the under. The next game, we're gonna to go to a very traditional game, game that I covered, double digit dog last year, last play of the game with then fired Gruden's brother, <laughs> uh, keeping the offense going for no other reason other than to cover the uh, double digits as a dog. But now they're a dog again, Philadelphia minus six against the Washington team now. This is the whole George Floyd, Rihanna Taylor, 
Arbery, who is from Atlanta, uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you think, Dr. First? Uh, you know, for me, it's just the facts. I didn't even come out with a pick or anything like that. Um, I, the Eagles are going to win the game. That's all I can tell you. Uh, it's a division game. Um, the For Dwayne Haskins, the thing that he can rely on or at least look back on is maybe last year wasn't the rookie year he wanted. But his best game was against the Eagles. Now, on the flip side, that's the, the Rasul Douglas, Sidney Jones beating up week 16, week 17 Eagles. You now have to deal with Darius Slay and Nickel Roby Coleman, who um, come in and are an immediate upgrade to the secondary position, no doubt about it. Darius Slay, for me, is a top five, top 10 cornerback in the NFC. So Dwayne Haskins is going to have to deal with that. Um, there are issues offensively for the Eagles, um, injury-wise, not Carson Wentz, but uh, Miles Sanders, Lane Johnson. Yeah, I know. Everyone take that moment to chuckle to themselves. It's not Carson Wentz on the injury report. But, um, you know, Lane Johnson, uh, some of these guys that if you're an Eagles fan, this is, this is our life, right? Like, we don't read the sports page. We read the injury report because that that's pretty much a, a lot more revealing. So for the Eagles, they, get, they try to get that figured out. But I think that's a long-term solution. Miles Sanders is the, the kind of the cog that keeps this offense together. Uh, Carson is going to do his thing. But if Miles Sanders can be a reliable every day on running back and catch the ball out of the backfield, the Eagles will have something to say about that. But at the same time, if you're already on the injury report, um, there is a chance, you know, who knows? Maybe Corey Clement gets the call against the the Red or, well, the Washington football team, um, and they just decide that, you know, we'll, we'll deal with Sanders later and we can win this game with Corey Clement. Um, so keep that in mind. Uh, the one thing I will say about Washington or uh, is Chase Young. Um, I have nightmares about this guy, and I haven't even seen him on the field yet. I haven't even seen him in a preseason game, and I already worry for my offensive players. This guy seems like an absolute superstar. Uh, he could be somebody that really does um, affect the game. Now, let's all remember, this is once again his first game in the NFL. Not regular, no, just literally his first game in the NFL. So I don't expect a dominant debut, um, please, but uh, we shall see. That's all I got. Um, the line is minus six. Um, the over-under is 44. I uh, just throwing down the facts for everyone. Nice. Thank you very much. Nothing says under to me than uh, Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio over there with Washington. So I, I like I like the under a lot. And uh, just because of Dwayne Hanskins, I'm going to pick the Eagles <laughs> minus five. Definitely buying uh, that point. And we're going to go Eagles minus five, under 42. Uh, Raider Jim, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I would go with that. I had minus six originally for the Eagles, but I think I like that by the point, go down to minus five. And I'm looking up right now because once I found out what the weather was, other places, I don't know what the weather is in D.C. But on Sunday. I just had the Washington Sunday Post. Sunday is yeah. What's that? I just had the Washington Post up. Let me see. Washington on Sunday at Midday, it's going to be 83 degrees, raining. Wow. So uh, actually, it calls for 78, but that's at high noon. Yeah, um, I don't know if they have a, a top. They may have a front moving up that way. I haven't seen the, uh, the big reports lately. But with that said, uh, I would change my original thought of taking over 43 
and I would take the Eagles minus five buying the point and I would go under 43. Nice. Two, two Eagles minus five under 43 coach of the year. Yeah, Washington, if Washington's like 31 out of 32 teams in the power rankings, and I think that's pretty fair. I think they've just got a lot of things they're dealing with right now. Yeah, I know. Rivera's got cancer. I mean, that's a shot. Dwayne Haskins. Now, now what uh, doctor said about Cam Newton's what I feel about uh, Dwayne Haskins. He's not the sharpest tool in the tool shed. Uh, 2.0 guy at Ohio State, the Ohio State, Urban Meyer. Uh, recruit, who recruited a bunch of serial killers at the University of Florida. Uh, so, Scott Turner, man, Ron Rivera's loyal. He's got Scott Turner as the offense coordinator. Uh, so, that screams under all the way. And Eagles minus five. Coach of the year, what are your thoughts? Turn with the, the Eagles. Um, you guys are going to go minus five. Uh, you convinced me to buy that point because um, I originally had it minus six. And I'm going to stick with that under 43. Under 43. Yeah. So your consensus pick is your Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Minus five, under 43. You buy those points, right? So you salesmen think short-term, businessmen think long-term, right? So you get that high winning percentage and that high compound interest between 52.5 and 70%. Um, it's gonna be, this is going to be automatic for me all year. I'm going against the analytics team and I'm actually getting points. So I'm going to go uh, not the brightest star on the planet, Mitch Trevinsky and Camille Mack uh, plus four under 45. What are your thoughts, Raider Jim? You have the Bears plus three right now? Yeah. Uh, Donnie Is that Beck. what you showed their line? Yeah. Yeah, because my, my my afternoon picks when I was going through these things, I have the Bears, Bears plus three, and I also have uh, the total on this under 44. I think it's just going to be not too exciting of a game. No, no. And I'm buying that point to get off that three, off that key number three. Right. So the field goal doesn't kill me. So I'm going to go Camille Mack, Mitch Trubisky, plus four, under 43. Raider Jim agrees. What do you think, Dr. First? Uh, yeah, I agree as well. Um, it's me and Matt Patricia. It's a, it's a match made in heaven. Um, I thank him <laughs> once again for – I thank him for everything he does to my bankroll, um, and I can't wait to regain this partnership for another year. So I'm really excited. Uh, Chicago plus three. Give me the under all day. All day, every day. Double down, my friends, when we're 100% agreement. Then we're going to go to the Dirty South. Uh, we got Coach still. I, I think. Oh, we got Coach? Then I am actually going Detroit minus. Ah. Oh, like wow. Like it. Plus over 44. Um, I'm just not a Trubisky believer. I, I kind of <laughs> like Nick Foles from the beginning, and he's not the starter. But. Um, you might get play at some point, right? You know, yeah, you know, if Matt Matthew Stafford's back for that Lions team, that's the ultimate gunslinger. And I could see that minus three being covered um, and the Bears winning for that matter. But I could also see, you know, the Lions win. But I'm, I'm not the con adding to the consensus pick, and I'm just going against the grain. 
but I had picked that earlier this afternoon. So I'm going to stick with it since uh, the majority has spoken. And um, You're descending. Gonna... So you're yep. being the Ruth Gator Ginsburg in the situation. I am, but I didn't know the entire entirety of that name. <laughs> <laughs> now Ruth you know Gator. if you get sick every once in a while. Ruth Gator Ginsburg. I'm going to have to remember that. Yes, she's always, it's always, oh, Supreme Court decision, uh, eight to one. Yep. <laughs> and then we got uh, Indianapolis Colts and Jacksonville Jaguars. Oof. Indianapolis, that's too many points, man. Even though Jacksonville has nothing. You know what? Season. Let me get this out of the way real quick because I'm actually excited uh, to see Philip Rivers play behind a 110 degree percent better offensive line than what he's dealt with in his entire tenure as a charger. Um, that's not to say that I'm a Colt fan, but I, I have a whole lot of respect for Philip and I'm excited to see him sling the ball. In regards to their opponents, the, the Jaguars, we saw it early and I tweeted it out weeks ago. That tank for Trevor is real. Right. And they're absolutely tanking. If you see uh, their 53-man roster and what they've just literally gave up. So the number I had earlier was uh, Colts seven and a half. I see it Colts eight. I don't have an issue with it because uh, there are, it, it's, it's going to be a neutral, neutral home or neutral game anyway at Jacksonville. Um, but I'm excited to see like a comeback player of the year candidate in Phillip Rivers sling the rock and right. has weapons. Uh, TJ Hilton is, uh, is phenomenal. And they have an offensive line that was built to protect Andrew Luck that retired unexpectedly. So, um, I'm going with the Colts minus eight and, uh, I'm sticking with the, uh, under 44. I saw earlier, which is now under 40, is a 45 number. So under 45 minus eight, going with the Colts. 100% agree. Dr. First, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, I, it's tough. I, eight and a half is a lot. For me, a big part of this season early on is going to be continuity. And I keep harping on it. No preseason games. Um, I know they've been in training camp and all that, but I mean, you, you want to hit somebody else. You want someone else to hit you uh, besides the same guys, throw a little more intensity in there. So for teams like India, the Colts that are just kind of trying to, you know, especially with Phillip Rivers, figure that out. Now there is already built in chemistry with Frank Reich. Um, eight and a half is a lot for me, but Jacksonville is a really, really bad football team that, like you said, I mean, it's giving players away. I find it hard to believe that nobody would give them a trap pick for Leonard Fournette, but whatever. Um, yeah, I had Jacksonville plus eight and a half written down, but uh, I'm, I, I, I've been uh, turned to the other side. I, I like Indy to cover, especially considering the focal point of that offense is going to be the run game. It's nice to have Phillip. It's great. But that run game is probably the best part of it. Um, so that is um, – I've been talked out of it. So I'm going to go Indy uh, minus eight and a half. Uh, give me the under as well. Like I said, Jacksonville is – they're just looking to draft night. Like, can we, can we draft now? So 
That's what I, I got. You know, I, I held the running game back in my pocket because if that was going to be like a decider, um, that's Josh's boy from South mm-hmm. Florida, Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack. And I talked about him last week on the NFL preview show. Dude's phenomenal. Dude's yeah. phenomenal. And then to pair that with a Phillip Rivers and a, a pressureless Phillip Rivers with a, a O-line like that, yeah, I'm going to go with them probably a, a lot this year. Um, but I'm still going to stick with the under. Yeah. Marlon Mack, man, he can run and it's going to be in the heat. I think Jacksonville's going to quit. After a while, I don't think they have the depths. So we're at 100% agreement. Uh, by that point, though, uh, it's a key number. Get it at seven and then go with uh, Philip Rilbert and Frank Rice, a great coach. You give him a talent advantage he covers. So it's minus eight, under 45. Green Bay Packers. Uh, we didn't hear from Raider Jim on that last one. Yeah, Raider Jim had to go. Oh, I apologize. I only have a small picture up. My fault. I apologize. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, no problem at all. No problem at all. I, I have up. his picks, just a heads up. So if we need anything broken, we That is a consensus there. Yeah. High break, yeah. Yeah, he had a call with family. Cool, perfect. Yeah, we're going to keep the podcast under an hour and a half, and we're doing good here as we ring the, as we ring the bell. Uh, okay, so you have uh, – our guy from Del Mar against Zimmer in George Floyd, Minnesota. You're going to get the picks against Kenosha, Wisconsin. So there's a lot of riots between these two cities. Uh, 45 points. Uh, definitely going under. And I am going to go with Green Bay. Uh, if I get that three, I'm going to get that point. So I'm going to go Green Bay. Uh, under 45, plus four. What are your thoughts, Doctor? Um, I like Minnesota here, bringing in um, uh, Ngakwe uh, for that situation. I think when you go defensively, um, I talked about continuity. Well, look, Ngakwe is going to, you know, go get the quarterback. I don't need to be on – I don't need to know the playbook too, uh, too in-depth to know that, right. you know, stand here – and then he's going to say, heighten, go get him. That's, that's what it is there. A little different than what Philip Rippers and uh, Joe Burrow have to deal with with no preseason. I like right. Minnesota, uh, minus two and a half. Personally, I like the over. Full disclosure, I went through all my picks, and I realized that, like, 95% of them were under. So I looked for – and that's just not going to happen. Not 95% of these. Maybe 80, 75 will, but not that high amount. So I kind of went through – Found where I could maybe find an over. Um, this was it. So that's definitely not the most um, conviction that I could ever muster. Um, but I, I do like Minnesota minus two and a half. I think Aaron Rodgers is, if we thought Brett Favre took the whole passing of the torch rough, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to do the whole hold my beer thing. Um, he's going to be very, very tough to deal with. And if you believe some of the reports, he already is with the Jordan Love draft pick. Um, I like Minnesota early in the year. Now, if this was week 17, it would probably be winner gets into the playoffs, and I'd say pound Green Bay because they always win those games. But um, for this situation, I like Minnesota minus two and a half. Um, And like I said, I have over, but that is – I am not 
set in my ways on that one. It was just kind of one of those, ah, I need to find a, team, a game to go over. Yes, yes. That's good. Good call. Because this is people's money, man, and they're using us as a guide for their hard-earned cash. That's a good caveat there by the doctor. Uh, what are your thoughts, 2016 Coach of the Year, Lupia? You know, I, I can't repeat the sentiments of uh, Dr. First about Green Bay. Um, I think there's a lot of toxicity going along in that locker room right now. And it starts with the head, uh, and that's, that's Aaron Rodgers. Right. Uh, I did pick Minnesota minus two and a half earlier this afternoon. I saw that it was a 50, and I went under. Wow. But 45 and a half is a whole lot more reasonable. Right. Me. So I like the actual over 45 and a half minus two and a half Minnesota. Just a heads up, we are actually at this moment because Raider Jim did have Green Bay plus three. Um, he did like the over, but um, so at this point, it is a tie. We will rely on um, His Holiness, the Pope of the podcast, to break that tie. Um, but it is a consensus over um, on that. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's it, kind of ties into what I talk about. Aaron Rodgers might go out there and, you know, get the call and it's, you know, running backs, you know, dive to the right. And he goes, no, we're going to, you know, streaks, um, spread everybody out. I'm throwing for 500 yards a game. Screw everybody that, you know, is around here um, mentality situation. And um, I, I, that, that'll be very interesting. I think it's going to be a big soap opera. I mean, we already know that um, Aaron Rodgers brings drama wherever he goes. Um, he's kind of a reality show um, by himself. So be very interesting to see how that sticks around. I like that word, toxicity. Yes, very impressive, that word, toxicity. Uh, so the verdict, we'll have it on our Twitter pages and in the episode notes. We'll make sure they're in there, uh, what the Supreme Court of Betting decided. So it's going to go back into the judge's chambers, and we're going to ask His Holiness, the Pope of the Money Line, what are his thoughts? Arizona Cardinals and DeAndre Hopkins at the, yeah. the 49ers. And Arizona covered them all day, every day. But it was a different yeah. one last year, like plus 11 or whatever. But I'm still going to pick them. I'm going to pick plus eight Arizona. Mm -hmm. And, man, 48 is just too many points. Uh, the air raid can run time off the clock. So I'm going to go under 48, and I'm going to go plus – uh, eight Arizona Cardinals. What are your thoughts, Doctor First? Um, look, I saw it at seven. Uh huh. Seven and a half, eight. Um, if if it goes any higher than eight, Arizona for sure. Once again, this is another situation of DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray. I would have liked to seen them maybe in a preseason game or two, just to you know kind of figure each other out. Um, so I'm going to actually go San Francisco minus seven and under. And just throwing this out there, I haven't heard any differently, but if you've seen pictures um, outside of Pac Bell or I'm sorry, whatever the hell the baseball stadium's called now, um, if you've seen pictures, the air quality is going to be bad. Um, and, you know, obviously the fires and everything that's going on. Good point. To Good think call. about. Um, obviously I had under anyway, just the way both these teams kind of play. 
Um, but just keep that in mind. Um, like I said, I haven't heard anything of the game being moved, but you know, look, as I live in San Diego, we all have in Southern California, it seems like once a year, one of these games gets moved for reasons like this. Uh, but like I said, once again, haven't heard anything. If this game does go off in San Francisco, the air quality will be incredibly low. Um, so just something to think about when it comes to the over-under. I like San Francisco minus seven and the under. Yeah, no, um, not scientific, but I bet the USC game under and there were fires. I don't even like jogging outside. Do you jog outside? Because that, that's pretty bad where you're at in Bonita too, uh, Coach. No, one, I don't jog. Um, <laughs> but I do get my you're height. You're in great shape, man. I thought you jogged. You do some part of sort of cardio. It's bad for the knees. So what I do is I, I strap up my 25-pound uh, backpack, you know, and I go for an inclined hike. Oh, yeah, I, you go up hills. Which yeah, is I go up hills, and I really – uh, dog it out like that but um, you know I, I'm, I'm Kyler Murray's uh, second year is is exciting to me Deshaun Hopkins right. uh, a threat is exciting to me and then you have the crafty vet in Fitzgerald it's very exciting to me so I know they're gonna put up points and I know San Francisco could put up points um, and I, I don't think San Francisco's gonna have the kind of year that they had last year, um, but they're gonna have a they're they're gonna be in that race. Um, we we dominated the uh, sports betting world last year, picking the Cardinals to cover. Kind of like I, I refer back to Bull Durham, and you don't mess with a streak kind of mentality in Nuke Lelouch not wanting to sleep with Susan Sarandon, you right. know. Um, so, you know, with all that kind of mojo and magic, I'm going to go with the Cardinals to cover the plus seven. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm buying that point to get off that key number. You know what? That's, that's kind of like the, the trick right there. And then when I, I was on earlier, um, I, I, I think both teams could score enough to go plus or over the 47 and a half. So um, I would like to see a shootout. I'm glad you brought up the weather and the fires because goodness heavens, like California just needs some help. We really do. Um, putting these things out, air quality, we don't know about. But then, you know what? We talked about this during, um, we talked about this on one of the other shows. Do your research and, and know what you could get from, the, from your, your bet. If you, get, you can pull your money out, pull your money out. And if there's a, last minute game switch or something like that. Like listen to the old shows and, and we'll, and it's there. Right. We research with whomever you bet with, whether it's Caliente down in Mexico or my boogie, who we have our deal with our promo ESBC promo out there for you guys, where they're going to match 100% up to a thousand dollars. Like do your research, make sure that, Hey, your money's safe and secure or whether it's that casino in Vegas, whether your money's safe and secure and you can pull out of that because of, unforeseen circumstances so i'm gonna go with the the plus seven just because i'm not gonna mess with the streak and then i'm gonna go with that over 47 but be on the lookout be aware of of what's going on in the sporting world and and our world for for as it is so take that for what it is i would love to hear what raider jim had to say but he don't he had uh i don't know what he had to say but he did have san francisco minus seven and the under 
Um, okay. I would have to imagine also he, uh, he probably, the under was the air quality as well, or um, parts of that. He was already referencing the weather yeah. elsewhere. So, uh, but that will be another one that yeah, you, you have, have to, to check the uh, look in our episode notes because we are 2-2 right now. But the under, we are consensus on the under. He had the under. It was 3-1 under. Yeah, you got to protect those defenses with air quality like that. 100%. Now we're going to go to Coach 2016, Coach of the Year, in the New Orleans Saints. You know. Three and a half against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know what? And I mentioned it last week in uh, last week's uh, NFL preview. Um, No teams outside the NFL other than these two teams uh, made the biggest headway. Um, First off with Tampa Bay with their signing of Tom Brady and bringing Gronk out of retirement. Um, and then the Saints, in regards to Malcolm Jenkins and his voice with social injustice, and then Drew Brees and the lessons he learned. But now the most recent talk is Alvin Kamara and his contract extension. So along with the J- Jadavian Clowney talk and all that stuff. But right. it's from what I read, Kamara is set to play on Sunday without a signed extension. Crazy. It's crazy. It really is. And we've seen in the past where players have sat out that first game. But he's been in practice. He missed three unexcused practices for whatever they are, being sick or whatever. Um, For whatever reason, they weren't unexcused. They were unexcused. But he's been practicing. He's been there all week. He's been in full participation. But he still doesn't have that contract extension. And give it to him as a man if he's just going to play and and leave that up to his, his agent to handle and, and the Saints front office to handle. But um, you you just don't know at game time. Right. You know, it, it may be a family member that says, wait, at that right. the night before. So know what you're getting into. In regards to this game, because this is my team, I'm not going to place a bet uh, following our rule book. But let's look at what it is. You got two aging veteran quarterbacks. The first time in NFL history that uh, you got two 40 plus age quarterbacks uh, competing against each other. Uh, first week of, of uh, NFL season. It's in New Orleans where there's going to be no Saints fans. And if you know the dome and all the who that's um, that right there is a plus three in itself. Um, The number is minus three and a half in favor of the Saints. Um, They have a stout defense. And um, as as underrated as Tampa Bay's defense is, um, I don't think they have enough to to keep up with a Saints offense that picked up in Emmanuel Sanders. Um, And, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that said Tom Brady really had a down year last year. And you got a grunk that hasn't played in the season. The most recent reports is that Mike Evans isn't playing um, because of a hamstring injury. Uh, It might be a game time thing, but as of today, it says he's not playing. And that still doesn't change my pick because I'm going to pick the Saints to win it. But I could see Tampa Bay covering that because that half point. So um, I'll definitely go over the 48 because last season's uh, average was 54. These guys shoot it out every season whether it's in Tampa Bay or whether it's in New Orleans. And now Tampa Bay has a quarter quarterback that can, one, manage game uh, clock and not turn the ball over. 
Um, so I, I, I will pick the Saints to win it. I can't bet on it. I will pick right. the Saints to win it, but I, I will take the Bucks to cover that three and a half. And I'm going to go – and I said over 48. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting. You got two offensive coaches. So when it's two offensive coaches, I like going with the over. So I'm going to go over 48. And uh, for this reason, I'm going to pick Tampa Bay. And the reason is that nobody knows the Tom Brady offense. And I'm excited to see because Tom Brady, uh, the, one of the main reasons he picked Tampa Bay because Arian said, hey, I'm going to give you half the offense. I want to learn the Tom Brady offense. What has been going around your head 20 years that Bill Belichick did not let you do and that McDaniels did not let you do? So he has this whole offense contract. So half of it is going to be on display. Hopefully he'll become the coach who can see that full Tom Brady offense. Because of that, I don't think Tarver, right, the defensive coordinator for the Orleans, he has no idea what's coming. So it's going to be interesting to see. What he has in mind, he has Gronk with them to explain the Tom Brady offense to everybody else. So I'm going to go Tampa Bay in a squeaker because of that edge of the Tom Brady offense. It's going to be very interesting. And they're going to squeak, squeak one out against the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What are your thoughts, Dr. First? Um, uh, what do you what do you have over under forty nine just for the spreadsheet over over got it um, you know it's I've been pretty vocal um, I'm definitely not drinking the Tampa Bay Kool Aid uh, the the Tom Brady offense uh, that's great and all um, but this is the New Orleans Saints uh, minus three and a half I think is actually a low number I'd go even higher. And yeah, you do have Gronk there to kind of explain the offense, but how many of those guys like speak Gronk? Um, so it's going to be hard, a little bit lost in translation there. Um, I think it's going to take a little bit of time. Once again, I keep harping on it pretty much every there. This is the first game, just period, for these guys um, to be on the same page, at least in Tampa Bay um, areas. I think Tampa Bay with Arians is going to um, be an eight and eight, nine and seven team. A lot of people would look at that as an underachievement. The New Orleans Saints, for me, at minus three and a half, I think they're three and a half points better than pretty much every team, especially in that dome, even without the fans. Um, there's just that energy. It's the freaking Superdome. Um, it, it's, the, it's the French Quarter. You know it walking in there that you are in New Orleans. So, um, or should I say Nolens? Um, so give me the Saints minus three and a half. I like the over. I think it's going to be a, a bit of a shootout. And this is similar to what I talked about um, one of the games earlier, uh, I forget who it was, but um, this is a team that's going to kind of push and force the Saints to have to kind of keep scoring. Um, but this is – the Tampa Bay defense was not great that last year. They were, I think, really good against the run, terrible against the pass. That sounds perfect. And Alvin Kamara, big question mark. We know that. Um, but Drew Brees in the Dome, minus three and a half all day. You, you know, one of the things that we didn't bring up right now, but I brought up last week and Josh actually uh, questioned me about uh, Peyton's coaching, you know, you bring up, it's going to take a lot of time for these offenses to get going. Well, one of the main things with this New Orleans offense is continuity. Continuity under center, right? Continuity with the weapons. Because if Emmanuel Sanders doesn't work out, we all know he will. 
there's always that go-to that was a beast last year in Mike Thomas, you know? So um, I think if anyone has to work on their offense more than anyone, it would be a Tampa Bay team in regards to this game. Um, but because there is a Tom Brady, right? It could be one of those games where there's an early Saints lead and it's like, all right, let's just draw shit up on the turf and, and start slanging it and make this a close game. That's why I, I picked Tampa Bay to cover the spread, um, but New Orleans to win. Yeah, it, it, it's something very interesting to kind of dominate. So I'm going to actually change my pick. I'm going to pick Tampa Bay still, but I'm going to go under because uh, Tom Brady started these illegal practices in March. And uh, he did get arrested for breaking COVID-19. He ended up paying off the cops. And they used to have all these illegal practices in his backyard, which is actually the house of Derek Peter, right? $30 million house. So <laughs> when it's the backyard, he has a whole football field in his backyard. He had all these guys all the time. But uh, what 95% of people don't have the capacity to change. You got to remember that Tom Brady played at the University of Michigan. His uh, offense was a run-heavy offense. And look at the starting lineup for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their uh, uh, speed position. Ronald Jones made it. He had a great uh, camp, right? He learned how to pass block. Got Chris Godwin, who I think is probably top five receiver in the NFL. Uh, O.J. Howard made up with coach, and now they've mended their friends and they hugged it out, right? Just like the white shoots and uh, Michael Scott did in the office. They, hu they hugged it out. <laughs> Gronk is in the starting lineup. So this is a two tight end offense. Is the Tom Brady offense a run heavy offense and fooled us all? <laughs> because what, what are you going to do? You got two guys that can go slot on you, or they can get into a three point stance and block. You don't know what play is coming, depending on your defense. So whatever defense you're in, it's wrong. Because Tom Brady's going to go like this and swish it up. I'm going to go jumble and run it on you. Or you have a mismatch in the slot with either Gronk or O.J. Howard, right? So you don't know what this man's going to do. And you got a top 10 paid offensive line. So it's going to be very interesting. I think the man is going to go back to his roots because he can't change. And he's going to go to the offense that his dad ran in high school up there in Northern California. And so that good. offense that won the national championship, but it was Greasy, the quarterback. And he's going to run it like he did in the Big Ten. Big Ten's about running that football. And that's how Tom Brady grew up. So I'm going to go under. So here's the other thing, and that you brought up the running game. Because I, I think the, the headline last, year, last week on the NFL preview was the signing of Leonard Fournette. I didn't bring him right. up right now. I got right. Him, right? But she's like, tell me, when this dude's healthy, he's a top running back in the league. Hey, how about that for toughness? How about hey, Leonard Fournette? The positioning out you with two tight ends. Yeah. You're going to have two tight ends, and we're going to pound you with Leonard Fournette. Maybe that's what Tom Brady's saying, reminding him when he was at Michigan. I don't know. Now, now I'm excited about this as far as I'm going to see some pounding. And if we all if we all watched the Minnesota Saints playoff game last last season, my goodness, when they when Minnesota brought back that running back, right. they controlled that whole entire game. It was a whole different game. 
whole different scenario leading up to that playoff game. Ugh. I'm glad we're back, guys. Yeah, we, this is fun. Season two, I'm glad we're back. Thanks a lot. Okay, well, last game. I'm going to go – I'm going to go the Rams, Rams and under. Rams plus four. Going to buy that point again. I'm buying points early in the season. You don't know what's going to happen. So I'm going to go plus four Rams under 52. That's just too many points for, again, people who like to run the – you know, the guy McCarthy's a running guy from Green Bay. And uh, McVay, like his dad. That was a great uh, scouting staff in Tampa Bay. You had McVay's dad. You had Groom's dad as a uh, scout for that Tampa Bay John McKay uh, team that ran it, ran it all day, USC style, um, student body right. So, yeah, student right, body right heritage. Under, give me under 52. Give me plus four, the Rams. I think that's Monday night, uh, Dallas. And, right, with Dr. First making that observation, in uh, smoky conditions. What do you think, Dr. First? Uh, I actually like Dallas here, minus three. Uh, the Rams, for me, uh, you know, if you have faith in Jared Goff, good for you. I don't. Um, I look at the Cowboys um, going on, you know, the road in a situation where it's not really, you know, a road game. It's a, it's a travel. Uh, technically, we'll be opening this new stadium. So, it's really a road game for both teams, right? I mean, it's the first time the Rams have ever played in this stadium too. So it's not like there's that crazy home field advantage literally at all. Uh, I like the Cowboys minus three early on. Um, the, they just have more talent in my mind. Uh, and then also I, I worry Jalen Ramsey got paid. Does that mean Jalen Ramsey is no longer going to be or try and be Jalen Ramsey? Uh, I'm not ready to uh, bet against that. So I'm going Dallas minus three. Give me the under though. Um, as well to be fair I haven't seen the pictures like I saw with San Francisco in LA not sure I'm not saying it won't happen I'm just saying it's not a certainty like San Francisco was in terms of how close it was to the stadium although now that I think about it the stadiums in Santa Clara um, for football with baseball teams on the bay so it might not be the same conditions I'm not clear about that so maybe something to think about um on Sunday to check out just kind of popped in my head they're not in San Francisco anymore technically but for the Rams they're like uh 30 minutes up the road from me okay there's a lot of smoke around yeah. here when I go outside and um but I'm the wrong guy. I'm not as good a shape as, as anybody, much less a football player. But I'm huffing and puffing when I try to truck along around here. I'm going to follow up with Dr. First in regards to going with the Cowboys. Um, I, I just don't think uh, the Rams are what they were um, McVay's first year. And, um, you know, he convinced me in regards to this being really a road game for both teams. Because when you're used to walking down that hallway and you're used to sitting in your locker and you're used to all those little nuances, there's some com comfortability and some security going on in your head with, in regards to that. It's like sleeping at home versus sleeping in a hotel room um, versus on a road game. Um, and then you walk into a new stadium where, one, you don't have fans and um, you have a guy like Zeke that could – control the game with his legs and um, I believe Dak Prescott is in a contract year 
and he's gonna do it. Yeah, he's gonna do whatever he can to get that max pay, and uh, why not? So um, Dallas's defense is pretty stout. Rams' defense is pretty stout. I'd like that minus three Cowboys, but and they under fifty one and a half. So um, interesting to see what everyone else goes with. Yeah. Yeah, that was the uh, the consensus because Raider Jim also liked the under along with uh, Dallas minus three. So that will be um, the consensus on the Rams and uh, Dallas. Now, we'll just do real quick. No ex- no explanations because there are still three games, but I'll just go. Oh, what what are the three games? We got Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh Giants, Tennessee, Denver. The last two I brought up are Monday night games. Uh, Cleveland, Baltimore got a little bit lost in the shuffle after Miami, but we'll go real quick. Um, I'll start it. I like Baltimore minus seven and the over. Uh, Josh, how about you? Baltimore under. Browns minus eight and a half under. I'm going against all the analytic teams, so that's Cleveland. And I'm sorry, Josh, it was over? Under. Under, thank you. And, and Brandon, you were plus – uh, Cleveland plus eight and uh, a half. seven plus eight. I saw eight and a half this the earlier, but I'm going with them. And then there was the under. Gotcha. Thank you. And uh, coach, what about Pittsburgh minus six, um, 47 and a half. I was going Steelers. I saw minus five and it was, uh, it's 46 and a half. Uh, I saw 47, but what? Yeah, it's around that time, around that area. Went under 46. I saw, I saw 40, so I went over 40, under 46. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah. Josh, what are your thoughts, Pittsburgh? There. 100 same. Perfect. Pittsburgh. Under. Um, I am the same way. We agree, actually, all the way across the board. Raider Jim is in agreement as well. Pittsburgh minus six under. Uh, push your bankroll up to 25% on that one. The last one I will start with, it will be the last game on Monday night, Tennessee at Denver. I like Tennessee to, uh, you know, it's Mike Vrabel. You know, I got to stick with it. Minus three, under. Uh, same number, I'm sorry. The number is 41 uh, that I saw. Just a heads up, sorry. So Tennessee minus two and a half. I got Tennessee and uh, under 41. I'm going to go money line. I'm going to be safe. I'm going to safely go money line from the sea under. Perfect. And just to make it uh, known, Raider Jim would have been our uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg on that one. He was uh, plus three with the over, um, but the consensus is Tennessee minus 2.5 uh, and uh, under 41. That's uh, all of them, gentlemen. Love it. Love it. Love, love it to take my, my, uh, my mind of things that are extremely important and wrap my head around the meaningless NFL. Other than the fact that in the middle of a pandemic, social unrest, and a big recession, uh, my uh, Jewish mentor, independently wealthy, calling for uh, a double dip kind of recession at the first of the year. So you can't be taken lightly that we have a system, a process to make money, all right? So quickly, guys, final thoughts before we close with uh, Winston Churchill. And we'll let Coach of the Year 2016 uh, close us out with Winston Churchill after final thoughts. Those were my final thoughts, that we have a system to make money. 
You know, I don't, I don't have uh, Mr. Churchill's uh, quote offhand. Also, I can do quote. I can do uh, Winston if you want to do please, your please. last thoughts right now. Please, uh, yes. But um, you know what? That'll be your homework for next week. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tattoo it on my forehead. But you know what? Like, um, thank you because this is season two of what we do, and and it's just been a, a total buildup since the end of last year, end of the Super Bowl, to get this rolling. And I'm glad this is where we're at. It was fun. It was a lot of, uh, you know what, to, to, to name it, like, this is my chemical romance. Romance. <laughs> my chemical bromance with my brothers here. And it was fun, and season two is about to start. And um, I'm looking forward to another uh, profitable season. Uh, I love it. Let's do it. And have fun at the same time, a lot of laughs. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I, I kind of talked to Brandon about it a, a little while ago about when all this started, um, obviously, with the um, – when we started doing this podcast, it was just this. And now we've obviously uh, branched off to other things. But this is still the mothership. This is still – this is the show. Um, this is the Sopranos or for HBO. They have other stuff, but this is the main thing, at least in my mind – this is what made us uh, where we are, got really your attention. Why, we, why you keep listening to us is because we gave you great picks in the NFL. And uh, I will put it out there. I think this is, for me, this week was by far the toughest week I've ever had to pick because I took for granted preseason games. I yeah. thought preseason games were a gigantic waste of time. Now yeah. I'd like to. Now I feel a little cheated. I, I feel like I want to see two. I want to see um, some of those other players that you nor won't normally see. So right. it's a little interesting, a little Body different. Language. But hey, guess what? It's 2020. We are, uh, you know, kind of, uh, what did they say? Adjusting on the fly. And that's what we're going to have to do. Um, and believe me, I, I wouldn't, I put our my money on this podcast to adjust better than anybody else. 100%. So with that. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we leave you with, of course, Winston Churchill, his famous quote, uh, you link a living by what you earn, but you make a life by what you give. Once again, thank you so much. Y'all have a great night and go wash your hands and uh, enjoy football this Sunday. Make money watching sports. Take care. Thursday of night. Thursday night, right away. Put that bet in. Make sure we tweet our super fans. The number. Oh, yeah. Right. Well. You take care of those guys. Awesome. You guys have a good night. Go. Cool. <laughs> All good. Oh, we're still recording up top. Yeah, let me uh... post show. Post show, yeah. So yeah, um I will Yeah, uh, Craig said he's going to add his picks to the sheet, so he'll add them. And then if he does... If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is free. It's a podcast that I use. <clears throat> and they really do a good job for us here at the GFSN betting and team report podcast. It helps us make 70 to 80% of your bets. Now, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, my brothers. I'll keep your eyes.